Thanks, Pastor Lynn. Good morning, everyone. Trust we've had a good week, um, in spite of all this going on. <laughs> hey, um, I just, I was really blessed by Pastor Kim's message a couple of weeks ago as well. I, I just the whole, the whole idea about, um, about Mary being vulnerable, Mary carrying the gift of God and, and Mary being vulnerable and, and God calling Joseph to come alongside her and to commit himself to her, to walk with her, to ensure that, they, one, the gift was protected and the gift was brought forward, really challenged me, especially when he likened Bay City to Mary, who also carries the gift of God and who also is vulnerable at this time. You know, I, I just... The message I want to share this morning, I um, started writing yesterday morning. I had a great message for this morning, and, um, and I, it just felt so good. I've had it for the last two or three weeks, just letting, letting it bubble away in me. And I came to look at it yesterday morning, and it just felt dead for some reason. So I put that one aside, but I just, just on my heart this morning, I, I just want to speak myself, just, I guess, into the season the church is in at the moment. And I just want to, as I talk about that and just share what's on my heart, um, I want to also just talk about one way we could respond in a season such as this. You know, the, I mean, it does. There's just, just that sense of vulnerability that has been for a little while now and a sense that, I guess, just of, of this unsettledness. And, and, and so when we look around and, and there's, there's movement, um, things changing, movement of people, some people moving uh, out of Hawke's Bay and, and uh, to other areas and other people just moving on for different reasons. And, and, and sometimes it has an effect on us. There'll be many people in here who's had an effect on. And so what do we do in those times? And, and so I just, there's just this verse that I was reading yesterday morning. I'd just love to share it with us. Um, it's in... Uh, Oh, now I was saying two different names to Bill. Bill, what's the verse again? Haggai, thank you. I said I was, I was saying some other name. I've got, got it in my head. And Haggai, chapter 2, verses 6 to 9. So I'll just read a little bit of this. And, and, and as I read it, you know, I, I, as I read it yesterday, I, I just felt it was almost like there's a sense that's just applicable for Bay City at this time. And, and I don't want to go too much into that, but it just, just, I just felt God on it. And I want to pull a couple of points out of it. But in, in Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 to 9, it says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and I will fill this temple with my glory. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will give peace. It's two points I want to draw out of this. You know, sometimes God will allow there to be a shaking in our lives. Sometimes God will allow a shaking to be in the church. And, and so, why is that? Why is that? The, the second point in that was that in all that God does, God is outworking His purpose. And all that He does and all that happens God is outworking His purpose. And we can see from there that at the heart of the purpose of God is to take us in to be in a better place in the future than what we were in the past. It says that the the glory of the latter temple, the latter house, will be greater than the former. I was just looking in the Message Bible, not that I spent too much time in the Message Bible, but yesterday I spent a bit more time. And just that whole thought, I just love the way it summarized it. It says this, it says, This temple, this house is going to end up far better than it started out. A glorious beginning, but an even more glorious end. 
And you know, with all this, I guess this vulnerability, this this unsettledness, this, this this shaking that's going on at this time, it really is just a season. It really is just a season. You know, seasons come and seasons go. And the season that we're in at the moment um, is only for a time. It's not forever. And, and, and on the other side of that are, are, are more seasons to come. And so we can be confident that this God we serve, His eyes are upon us. He hasn't forgot us. He's still with us. And He's taking us on into a better future. You know, there can be seasons where, where there's um, seasons of growth, of new growth, of stretching out into new things, of, of, of believing, uh, believing for something more, taking new land. And then there can be seasons of, of contraction and, and, and a, a pulling back in, seasons of trimming and, and pruning and, and seasons of consolidation. And, and, and so and we need all seasons. And, and it's not like one season's good and one season's bad. They just bring about different results. And we need all the seasons to bring balance to our life. We know we need balance in our life and we need balance in the church. Someone turn to your neighbor and just say, you need to have balance. And you, and you need to make to them and say, you need to have balance too. It would be, it would be, um, it would be fair to say that this current season that we're in at the moment, I'm not finding as enjoyable as maybe some previous seasons. Is anyone who can sort of um, agree to that? I'm not finding this current season as enjoyable as previous seasons. I mean, I, I just, there's lots of stuff happening. Um, and, you know, and it's just sometimes things are fun to do, fun to go through, and other times, you know, what God's doing is not so much fun. I, I can remember, you know, I, I look, look at the season and I look back at past seasons. I started coming to Bay City, I think it was over 20 years ago I, when I first started coming. We, Louise and I, we had a little, um, a little time in Palmerston as I went through university. But man, I look back at some of the seasons, there were some wild things that happened in this place. And I, and I, I just remember, I remember coming in as sort of a, a young, very, very young Christian. And I remember some, oh, I remember crazy stuff going on, this whole move of the Spirit I'd never seen before, people praying in this foreign language called tongues, not understanding that, and, and, and all these people being delivered of evil spirits and shrieks and cries and all sort of crazy stuff going on in the building. I remember a time of, I was sitting just near the back over there, and I remember Pastor Mike standing sort of in an aisle over here, and I remember him wanting to pray for someone, and he pulled them into the aisle, and, and, and this is like me, a new Christian, thinking up to now, watch people sort of fall over, and I was, I was sure they were getting pushed, and I wasn't quite sure, and, 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 I remember, and, and I remember Pastor Mike praying for them, and they were about two meters, no, actually about three, four meters of separation, and I remember Pastor Mike praying and waving his hand, and the power of God hitting that person, and then flying two, three, or three meters back in the aisle. I'm thinking, man, that, that, he didn't push him on that one. And, like, and, 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 I, and I'm looking at this, and all these experiences of, of these tongues and that sort of stuff, what's, what's happening is that God is opening up sort of my understanding as to who he really is and, and, and how real he is. And, and, and all these experiences, there's, there's, there's new freedom and, and new openings coming up. There's like this realm of possibilities being opened up to me. I remember another time when we had this lady um, called Jill Austin. Who can remember Jill Austin coming out? Yeah, if you remember Jill Austin. And she was a lady from America, and she came into this place, and she, um, and she moved, uh, uh, she just brought this new birth, this new move of the Spirit, which sort of affected this church, but affected, went right through the nation, really. And I remember, like, it was just like crazy, all this crazy stuff happening, laughing, shaking, and, and I, was, I was sort of about three, four rows back over here. And I remember 
It's just shaking. I remember God coming on me and shaking, and then she prayed for me, and I shook more, and I thought, oh my goodness, this is, this, is this me making it up? Because look, if I thought about it, I could stop it. But then if I sort of just thought about God, it sort of happened again. So when I went home, and I practiced beside my bed, and, 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 and I, I just I did a practice then, and just saying, God, please touch me, God, and just, just again, learning, experimenting, trying things. And you know what? And, and, and when I gave myself to it, the shaking got... Um, I was going to say so wild, but maybe so elaborate, that and, but no one could see me, which is great, because I would have looked a real, real sight. But the thing was, it got so much that I knew it wasn't just me. It was God. It was the Holy Spirit. And again, in that experience, it was opening up new realms of, of possibilities of, of how I could relate to the Holy Spirit, of who He was to me. You know, and, and that was in past seasons. I remember another time, actually. Who remembers Rackens McKinley? Yeah, Rackens McKinley, he came uh, probably, I don't know, two, maybe three times, I don't know. We were living in Palmerston, a lot of that. But, I mean, those meetings were wild. I remember um, coming to a couple of those meetings. There were so many people here that if you were late, you couldn't get a seat. And I remember standing at the back of a couple of those meetings because I was late. And, 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 there was, and he would like, he would do this, he'd preach to music and he'd bring the word of the Lord and he'd do this, he'd be just really creative dance and he was like, awesome. And I remember him, he'd go around and he would pray for people, bring them out, prophesy over them, bring what God was saying to them and, and that was like awesome. And, and I was sitting in the meeting one of those times and I was sitting there saying to God, please let Ruckins pray for me, please let Ruckins pray for me. And he was going on this side and I was on that side and he came back and he went back to that side and I was saying, please let Ruckins pray for me. And, and what happened was, <laughs> he came back up to the front, and he was, it looked like he was about to start. And then he stopped, and it was almost like he looked into space. And then he started walking this way. And I was saying, please let Ruckins pray for me. Please let Ruckins pray for me. And he headed down the aisle, and I was like, I was probably about two-thirds down this side, um, probably where Brian was sitting over here, and um, one in from the aisle. I think my wife had grabbed the aisle seat, and, but it was okay. And, and, and so I was saying, please let Ruckins pray for me. And he came down towards me, and he went straight past me. And oh, no, 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 no. But no one knew I was doing that, and I never would have admitted it then. I'm, I'm just confessing now, you know, it's easy. Uh, and, and so then, but he stopped, and he took three steps back, and he reached out and picked me, touched me on the shoulder, and pulled me into the, oh, I'm thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. And, 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 and so, you know what? I can still, I don't know how many years ago it was, I can still tell you, I counted them up, the first 10 words that he said to me. I could tell you exactly what they were. He said, change is on the horizon for you, man of God. And then he spoke a couple of other things. But in that, he, he didn't know. I was crying out to God for a situation that we had in Palmerston, and we were wanting to get out of the situation. We didn't know how to do it. And when that word was spoken to me, it shifted something in my life that was instrumental in us moving back to Hawke's Bay. But in that, it felt very personal to me. I felt like God, even though I was saying, please let Rackens pray for me, please let Rackens pray for me, I felt like God was speaking to me individually. And that, again, was another experience that opened up new realms of how, how intimate God wants to be with me. So all in those past seasons, in those past seasons of different experiences, all these, all these great things happening, there was lots of, lots of things changing and, and opening up in my life. And this current season that we're in at the moment, not too many of those sort of experiences. But I want to say this this morning, that if my life consisted only of those sort of experiences in those places, I wouldn't be standing here today, I'm sure of it. I'm not even sure that I would be in the, in, in the house of God today. If my life just consisted of these great spiritual experiences, and that's all that was being built into my life, then I would have become an imbalanced person. You see, God knows that for His people to mature, there needs to be a balance. 
We can't have just all these great new spiritual experiences, which are great, and they're important because they, they bring an unlocking in our lives, and they, and they, they, they bring, uh, uh, just I guess, openings where we can learn to engage more. They, they sort of bring us out of the box and give us new frames of reference, but we can't have those sort of experiences. On the other side, there needs to be this inner strength and character built into our lives so that we can hold on to the things that God is adding to us in those times, and so that, that when the going gets tough, we can continue to walk in the things and in the direction that God is calling us to walk into. Yeah, it's good. Thank you. Um, You know, and so as much as I could talk about those experiences there, I could talk about a whole heap of other, I don't know if I'm allowed to use the word, but hellish type experiences. Am I allowed to use that word? Am I allowed to? Stuff, yeah, stuff. A whole lot of other stuff I could talk to you about. That it was horrible to go through, and was 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 terrible to go through, and and, and brought me to to breaking point at time, but and you put the two together, and there's balance. You know, we all need we all need the both. We all need the the encounters, the the uh, the encounters with God. We all need the the revelation and, and and the fresh word of God coming speaking to our hearts. But at the same time, we all need. We, we need those situations that will build inner strength and the situations that will build character. In the same way that we need to be balanced, the church needs to be balanced. In the same way that the church, it's important for a church to have great experiences where, where, where God comes and, and touches the people, speaks to the people, and people go away. We're personal, sort of uh, personally impacted by what God's doing. There needs to be a church needs situations that will build strength and character. There's this verse in, um, in Romans chapter 3, uh, chapter 5, verse 3 to 5, and many, many people here would know this verse. Many people would know this verse. It says this. It says, rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering... Oh, let me start again. Rejoice in our sufferings. And we know that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance character. You know, and so we know that, we know from that, that character is formed in difficult times. Character is formed in situations where there's uncertainty, where there's difficulties, where there's trials and tribulations, where we feel maybe vulnerable and there's vulnerabilities. Character is formed in those places. You know, I remember, I remember my, my, my first, no, see, I remember my first year at university, and I think I've talked about this before. And, and so I went down to university, having done very, very well at high school. I, I got runner-up to Ducks or whatever it was called, some fancy name. And, and, and I did well. And, and so a lot of my identity was caught up, was, was wound up in how well, how, well, how, how well I did at school. Because I got recognition, and people told me that I was okay, that I was good. And, and, and my identity was in that. And so I had the secret at high school. I did really well because I just learned, learned everything off by heart. And so anything the teacher said, I just wrote it down. I just learned it off by heart. So I had my, my exercise books, and I just pretty much, I just, I'd go into the exam, and I could, just, I, I could just remember something was on the page, and then all the pieces would fit together, and I could see the whole page, and it was just, it was kind of cool. But when I went to university, flip, they got those textbooks after textbooks after textbooks. And they, and they just, they tell you to read the textbooks. So I spent, I was spending like hours and hours, hours and hours and hours in a week, because there's no time to, there's hardly any time to sleep, let alone do anything else. So I could still do it, because my identity was caught up in that. But the problem was, that was impossible. 
I mean, my wife used to come down. She wasn't my wife at the time, but she used to come down and see me. I had no time to see her because I was too much study to do. And so, but the thing was, there was this pressure and this weight that came on me. And what God was doing, he was, he was needing to recognize. He was needing to unlock that area of my life and that area, the area of my character. And he needed to put pressure on me in that place. And like, I wanted to get out of there. I wanted to quit and leave. But I knew what was on the other side. There was a better future for me. There was a better future. I knew it. And so I, I, just, I, I, almost, I reckon, I look back now, and I almost had a breakdown, I think, just because of the pressure. But it was such a small thing in hindsight, such a small thing. I was looking at other people who just rock on up to their studies and hardly spend any time in their room, just out sort of doing this, doing that. And, and, and I thought, how do they do it? But it was just because I had a limited capacity in a small capacity. And I could tell you other situations, other situations that went on in my life, again, where where I would, have, um, I would have loved to have got out of that situation and just sort of just run away. Um, but, but for whatever reason, I was stuck in that situation. I mean, we had this place where we had a house that we were living in. And, and so just picture this. Behind this house, there was um, a whole state housing area. And there was an alleyway that came from the state housing area right down past the house and along the back of our house. And so, the, and, and, and this, it got quite bad because the, the person behind um, was in the house and she had like five kids and, and then she moved out and left the kids to fend for themselves and all their mates would turn up after school. And so there were stones getting thrown through windows, there were fences getting broken and, and there's nothing that seemed to happen about it. And I lost my sense of peace and I just wanted to get out of there. But to get out of there, we had to sell the house, and the house wouldn't sell. And it was just, it was just a difficult time. And, and so God, again, was holding me in that situation. And in that situation, and in the situation at, at university, it was, I, I couldn't run. I couldn't do anything. All I could do was push into God. Push into God. Look, you know, I, this, this place I was praying one night about this house situation, and in the subdivision, there was a whole lot of, of just families that were antisocial. And... Um, I was praying one night, and I was, I was saying this good prayer, good Christian prayer, saying, God, I pray today that, um, that you would just move all the families out of the neighborhood. And then, uh, and then I felt bad. Then I felt bad, so I said, oh, God, I'm sorry. I, just, I pray that the families would be saved, and I pray that they would know you, and I pray that they would become good people. But then I got angry, and I started praying, God, move them out of the neighborhood. Get them out of here. I don't want them in here. And, and so, so you know what happened? You know what happened? There was, there was a crying out to God and a pushing into God because I was trapped in the situation. And, um, and so we, the house went on the market. We, we sold the house. And, um, and, and, and so we found out after we sold the house, we were still living there, but the house hadn't settled yet. We hadn't moved out. There was a lady that my wife, Louise, sort of knew of who had been, had been at school together many years ago, and she came walking down, and we started talking. And she lived in the street in question not in the bowl of the cul-de-sac where there were like five state homes. She lived there, and she said, it's just crazy. A, a month or so ago, every single family moved out, and, and, and all the state homes are empty. <laughs> but, but, and, and, so, so in that, and so in that, there was, this, um, there was a pushing into God, and, and a, a, again, a growing of, 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 God, of character and a strength. You know, and a godly character is a character that would, would, would know to look to God and would load how to lean into God. And as that character's formed, what happens is capacity is increased inside of us. And then we're able to hold more of what God would want to add to us. As a church, we're able to hold more as character is built. And you know, in a church, a church is just the, the corporate group of people who attend. But as a church, it's still a body. 
And so as a church, as character is formed, we're able to hold on. We're able to hold more of what God wants to do. And there's a preparation that takes place for the future. I just want to go back to that verse in Romans, in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5. Now it says, again, rejoice in our sufferings because we know that our sufferings produces perseverance and our perseverance character. And, it, and so it's interesting to me, it doesn't say rejoice in our sufferings because our sufferings produce character. But no, it says our sufferings produce perseverance and our perseverance character. And so I was looking up the word perseverance this morning and in the dictionary, and it says perseverance is to continue in a course of action even in the face of difficulty with little or no indication of success. And so it's almost like what I learned is that when, when difficult times come, when there's times of shaking and we're maybe feeling uncertain, maybe unsafe, maybe vulnerable, there's um, two common tendencies. One is to run and get out of there. That's always my number one choice if I can, but, um, but I'm learning that's, that's not the way that God does it. And the second way is to, to react in the situation, get angry and begin to fight in the situation. So you look in the Bible and you see the lights of Jonah. Pressure came on Jonah and he, he was gone. He was out of there. And, and, and so things didn't go so well for him. You look at the like of Jacob. And so with Jacob, again, he had, he had problems uh, arise with his brother and his brother wanted to kill him. Um, and, and there were reasons for that. Uh, and so Jacob, he, again, he ran away. It's interesting, he went to his uncle Laban's house and at uncle Laban's house, the problems emerged again. And so as he continued with those problems, he ran away again. And, it, and, and so the running away sort of doesn't bring about good results. It wasn't until we faced up to Uncle Laban and then faced up to Brother Esau that, that things were able to resolve and he was able to move on from that area of his life. So running away, is, is um, while it, it, in the past it's been my personal preference of response, it's not always the best course of action. The second one, fighting, getting angry. Well, well that sort of thing, getting angry and, and becoming bitter. What happens is you begin to become critical and you begin to blame people. And, and someone is, is at fault. Someone is, causes this. And all that does is when you, when you get there, um, there's this cloud of heaviness and oppression that comes around you and you, you basically begin to live under that cloud. You look at King Saul. And King Saul, who, who pressure came on him, and he made wrong decisions in that pressure, and it, things just, just sort of um, spiraled downwards from there, and, he, and, and David was to blame. David was the one, the one who caused his problems. And so this hatred rose, and this murderous spirit rose where he wanted to kill David. And, and in the midst of that, not only was David affected, not only was Saul affected, but the whole people around them were affected as well. I mean, uh, Saul tried to kill his son, Jonathan. And so the two responses to run when times get difficult or to, or to maybe get angry and start, start blaming or, or start looking, looking for to fault find as to why things are as they are, those responses don't, don't bring about good fruit. They don't bring about a good result for, for us and for the people around us. You know, there's, a, there's a third response. There's a third response. And it's, it's a bit, you know, third response is to look to God. The third response is to see what God is doing in the situation. So the whole thing, uh, I, I just I jumped some rails there before, but I was talking about, about persevering. So rejoice in our suffering, sufferings bring perseverance. You know, a, a persevering is to stay in the spot, is to stay in the place, in the face of difficulty, even when it appears in the natural as there might be little or no indication of success. 
Perseverance is to stay in that place. It's not to run. And it's not to react and get angry in that place either. What it is is to stay in that place. It's, and and then, then to look to God. And it's in staying in that place that what happens is God is, is, is doing a work in our hearts. God is doing a work in our, in, in our lives as, as we persevere and stay in that place. And then character begins to, begins to be formed. When character is formed, our capacity begins to increase, uh, strength begins to rise in us, and then we are better positioned, again, to carry what God wants to add to our lives. As a church, as character is born, as character is, is, um, is birthed, increased, and strengthened, steeled in the church with the corporate body of people, what happens is the church can carry, can carry that. And then the result of that is, there's, in that, there's a preparing, and the church is prepared for the next season. The church becomes ready to step into the next season for what God wants to give. The whole thing, rejoice in our sufferings. You need to rejoice. I just don't feel like rejoicing when I'm suffering. Does anyone here feel like rejoicing when they suffer? I don't feel like it. It's an act of will. But in the rejoicing, there's a lifting of the eyes of our problems. And there's a looking to God. There's a looking to God. And in the looking to God, it can shift our situation. I just want to read the rest of that, that verse. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. And I just want to read the rest, a couple of verses after that. It says, Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that pressure and affliction... And hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. Endurance. And endurance or fortitude develops maturity of character, which is a proof faith and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces joyful and confident hope within us. You know, the whole thing rejoicing God is in that situation, if we're able to lift our eyes and look to God in the situation and look, and look to God and recognize Him, that He is a God who is constantly at work in our lives, constantly at work in our situations, no matter what, how difficult it is, that God is doing a work whereby, whereby He turns all things for the good of those who love Him. He turns all things for our benefit. And when we begin to see that, we begin to realize that God is a God, no matter what's happening, no matter how difficult the situation, it's His intention to take us on to a better place in the future than what we were in the past. And so what happens is, but to do that, there needs to be this balancing in our lives. We can't only have the good stuff where we, we, have, we have all these great things sort of opened up and unlocked in our lives, revelations, spiritual encounters and that, but there needs to be this, this place where God builds the capacity within us, builds the character or the platform, the foundation upon which He can build that into our lives. And unless we go through times that may be difficult, that may be challenging, that, will cause, that pressure will cause character to grow, we can't be positioned to step into the future. Can't be stupid in the future. You know, I just, I just want to share. Um, I wrote some thoughts down, and these these were, uh, this was a seed thought I wrote some months ago, uh, weeks ago. And I just want to, I just want to share this. I probably won't read. I'll just say it as it is. But you know, there was a time, and if I'm not careful, there are times where I can look at the church, Bay City, and not feel too good about Bay City. You know, I, I just look at the changes that have taken place. I look at, I mean, it's just, the church, I mean, 
there's just been movement of people. There's just been things that have, been, have, have just been taken away and there's, there's been redundancies and there's, there's just horrible stuff. As a church, I, I just, it just doesn't make me feel good about that. And so, and, and there's times thinking, well, what, what's the future? What does it look like? You know, but, but then in the midst of that, I just, I just come under heaviness and, and pressure and I just feel like coming now, so I'll move on. But you know, in the midst of that, I begin again to lift up my eyes and I begin to look to God. And as I begin to look to God, I begin to remember his character, his nature, his word. It says that he turns all things for the good of those who love him. Who says that he's taking us on to a better future than what our past was. That the glory of the later, of the later times will be, will be better than the glory of the previous times. And I begin, all of a sudden, when I do that, hope begins to fill my heart. Hope begins to fill my heart. And I begin to feel joy rising up within me. I begin to get excited. And as excitement and joy begins to bubble up within me. And all of a sudden, when I look at the church, I start to see it differently. I start to see God, God's passion, His passion and His zeal and excitement for His house. I start to see His compassion and His love for His people. And I start to realize that it doesn't matter where we are at the moment. We're going on to a better future. That God is with us. He's not left us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And that we know, we know. That he is good. He is good. I just want to read, just because I, 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 just, I just want to read um, Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 5. One more time, please be with me. And, and this time, this time I'm going to read it out of the message version. I'll just end of the message version. So I, I just, it just, it's just good. It just uh, says, okay, here's the message version. Romans 5, chapter 3 to 5. I bet that's not up there. No, it's good. Okay, it says, there's more to come. We continue to shout our praise, even when we're hemmed in with troubles. Because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us. And how that passionate patience, in turn, forges tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. An alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything that God generously pours into our life through the Holy Spirit. I tell you what, we can be in the toughest time and the worst situation, but if we're able to keep our eyes upon God, keep our eyes lifted up, then what happens is our situation, we can see our situation through God's eyes and there's always hope in that. Amen? Amen, yeah, that's good. Thank you, God. Well, we're gonna, I just I want to bring it to a close now. I just said to ask Pastor Lynn before if um, it feels right, doesn't it, Pastor Lynn? To, yeah. Oh, I, we just love, just now, I'm going to invite Pastor Lynn to come up on the stage. And I just love to, us just to stand and just praise the church. Just praise the church. Pastor Lynn will lead us as we pray. Oh, you don't need to lead. Okay, so you know what we do? Just we need. You know, in spite of where we are, knowing that God's good, we need. We need God to move in this place. We need to be a church that's effective in our community. We need to be a church that, that does all that he's called us to do. And, and, and for that to happen, there's things that, need, things that need to continue to change and shift, but we need God to do it. Let's just begin to lift our voices just as I pray into the microphone. Let's come into agreement. There's power in agreement. And let's believe that as we stand as a church, that, that God is a God who hears our prayers and that God is a God who responds to our prayers. 
It's just praying tongues, you know, just praying English, just praying the Spirit. Let's begin to just lift our voices up to God. Let's turn our hearts to Him and in faith, let's believe together. Father, we look to you today. We thank you, Lord, that you are the God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could think or imagine. You're a God who blesses us. You're a God who is for us. You are not against us, Father. We lift our church to you at this time, Father. And we pray at this time, Lord, that you will continue to work in our lives, and you will bring to full fruition what you're doing in us, Father. We pray, Lord, that we will come out of this thing strong in you, Father, and we will become an effective, Lord, an effective tool in your hand, Lord, to see, Lord, this nation, Lord, touch this community touched by you, this nation touched by you. We pray in all this happening now, Lord. We pray today that your hand will move, Father. We pray with tonight as we come to a prayer meeting, that heart will be healed, Father. And there will be, Lord, an unlocking, Father, Lord. And, Lord, and even as, the, even, Lord, as, as we move into, towards a, a new future, a new season, Father, we pray, Lord, that your hand be with us. In the name of Jesus, I decree strength and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost over this church and within this church in Jesus' name. Father, that we would arise as a people. We would arise even to tonight, Lord, to receive your blessing, to receive your forgiveness. Lord, we give it up to you tonight. We give you all the glory and we give you all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give Jesus a clap this morning. Let's look to him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God is good, isn't he? He's good, yes. This just before we finish, let's just celebrate singing one more song. And then um, let's, just, let's just, as we sing, let's make it a song. Let's just make it a song of thanksgiving to Him. Let's make it a, a heartfelt song to Him. And then after that, before we go, connect with someone. Connect with someone and just, and just, just bless them.